The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guys Guy Radio, and its platforms. It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. Guys Guys Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think and feel and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journey, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. And once again, today is no exception. We've got what I would call a dreamy show today because our special guest, his name is Michael Clerk, and he's written a book called Dream Guidance, Connecting to the Soul Through Dream Incubation. And basically what he's going to teach us to do is how to prepare ourselves before we go to sleep at night to have our dreams do some work for us, get some information that could be helpful to us while we're sleeping, and then how to interpret the results. Interesting stuff, very helpful. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I don't know about you, but I've been keeping track of my dreams for many years. I kept a notebook, just a regular old composition book, next to my bed for a long time. And what I would do is when I would wake up, immediately start writing down the dream if it was something that kind of piqued my interest. And most of the time, I wasn't fully awake. I just started writing, 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 and then I forgot about it. But over time, what I learned was that by writing all these dreams down, I found that I could recall my dreams, subsequent dreams, more easily when I woke up in the morning. And then I started to be able to put myself in a position to be able to take a look at the dream and say, okay, what was the lesson here? Was there anything symbolic I really need to know? You can't be too literal, as we'll discuss when you're getting into dreams. A lot of, there's a lot of symbolism there. And there's a lot of relativity and context in terms of what a dream may mean. So I think you're really going to enjoy our show right here on Guys Guys Radio. Here we are in September. Can you believe how fast things are going? My goodness gracious. We're rounding the turn. Halloween, Thanksgiving, the holidays, New Year's, New Year's resolution. It's all gone really fast this year. And maybe it's because each year as we get older, it seems like time flies by a little more quickly. Does it? I don't think so. A minute is a minute, an hour is an hour, etc. But for some reason, as we age, it seems like the days go by faster and we get older faster. So the point is, enjoy every moment, live in the present. The past is gone. The future is not here yet. The only thing that matters is right now. So guys, guys, radio, I think you're really going to enjoy our special guest, Michael Clerk. We're going to talk about dreams. So, hey, let's do it right now. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, Guys Guys Radio. Today, we're going to talk about dreaming, lucid dreaming, and also dream guidance and dream incubation. My special guest is Michael Clerk. Michael Clerk is an amazing guy. He is a licensed mental health therapist, expert, and international speaker on dreams. He's traveled the world studying cultures, their healing traditions, and dream practices, and he's been vocationally guided by his dreams, including founding the online organization Jung Platform. 
So let's get into it right now. The name of the book is Dream Guidance, Connecting to Your Soul Through Dream Incubation. My special guest on Guys Guys Radio is Michael Clerk. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Robert. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. So let's start at the beginning because everybody dreams and everybody's curious about dreams and everybody has a lot of ideas about dreams, but you do it for a living. So let's start at the beginning. What spurred your interest in studying and researching dreams? Weren't you in a completely different field before this? And then you became a dream researcher, worker, and teacher. What happened? Well, it, uh, it really started in my early 20s. And uh, at that time, I was still uh, at school studying uh, marketing and languages. And at that time, I, uh, I got stuck in my life. I was in a one-way street or in the pit. I hadn't dealt well with uh, the loss of my father, who died at a young age. So a lot of unresolved grief. I uh, didn't really know what to do in the future, had no imagination for the future, uh, started to become depressed. And by chance, I stumbled upon the works of Carl Jung, who wrote extensively about dreams. And so then I started applying that to my own dreams. And at once I started seeing that they were kind of psychological x-rays showing me areas that were really dysfunctional, seeing people that were sleeping in uh, way too much and missing work. And I could recognize those parts in myself, but also elements and characters that showed future potential of what I could uh, become. And so by uh, looking at my own dreams, I noticed uh, where I was in the territory of life, how I got stuck, and also how I could, could get unstuck. And, uh, and when, once I started following my dreams, life became so much better, and I've been hanging on ever since. That's amazing. So what was your training in? Is within therapy or uh, to, that makes the easy connection to being a dream expert? Yes, I, I, uh, le- uh, at that moment in time, uh, uh, I was just stud- studying. But later on, I studied uh, uh, psychology, became a counselor, okay. counseling psychology. So I'm a licensed mental and health therapist. And uh, that is uh, where I also use dreams a lot to look at people where they are and how they can develop and all kinds of good things that come from taking a look at one's dreams so i guess the the first question really is and everybody is going to be thinking about this is what exactly are dreams we all wonder like what what exactly is going on there what is a dream well it's it's a really great question and even if you put uh, a scientist press them hard they have a, a bit of a hard time really answering it but if we look at our experience And you could take a dream that you maybe recently had or one that stood out very vividly and everyone that's listening to this, they will uh, remember that dream. And uh, when you remember that dream, you will notice that you were in an environment, that you were in a world. And in that world, your mind was somewhat active because you maybe saw the dream alligator or a car and running for it, or you were having an experience in a world. And uh, uh, that is what we do know about the dream state. We are in an imaginal world where we have an experience. And, uh, and so that is what, uh, what we know. And then we see that people have sometimes insights or they meet characters that are interesting, sometimes even deceased loved ones, uh, or they have patterns that they recognize. And, um, and, and there people start working with the dreams. If you really look at science, these days, science says uh, dreams are, uh, 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 have to do with memory formation, 
uh, it stores uh, the experiences through the day and you, you learn skills in your dreams. And it has to do with emotional digesting experiences. That is what, uh, what science would say that, that the function is of dreams. So a bit of a broad range, but that, that, that is a bit what a dream is and what we can do with it. The concept of lucid dreaming, I uh, would like you to get into that a little bit for our audience. Uh, I've read a lot of Carlos Castaneda books, and he talks about participating in your dream. You get to the point where you can be active in your dream. He would say in his studies that if you could look at your hand and then work your way down and then start to make decisions in the dream. I have fa found over time, I'm at the point where I'm participating in the dream uh, a little bit. I'm not completely in control of everything, but I am making decisions. So I feel mm -hmm. that the, my dreams are becoming more and more helpful. Tell us about what is a lucid dream and is it possible for people to participate in their dreams and use them for their betterment? Yes. The definition of a lucid dream is a dream in which you know that you are dreaming. So that it is like, oh my gosh, I'm in a dream. And then it starts opening up to all kinds of activities the people can do. This is a, a skill that people can learn. Like Castaneda says in that book, look at your hands. And then uh, uh, I think that he says, look at your hands before you go to bed. And then when you uh, are in a dream, you will see your hands and you will recognize that you're in a dream. S certain tests people can do throughout the day. Uh, ask themselves, is this a dream? Do a little test. Can I push with my finger through my hand? No. Oh, then this is waking life or dense reality. If you can push through it, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm in a dream. <laughs> and uh, that moment opens up. You can uh, uh, do have just fun, fly around, uh, eat uh, your favorite cake, drive uh, your, your, the car you always wanted to do. But the real interest comes there. Uh, that you can engage with the dream environment and ask for help. Um, I, I was once lucid in the dream and I yelled out, is there anyone with a message for me? And then my uh, youth hero, Johan Cruyff, came, uh, a soccer player, came fl sure. flying to me and he said, come with me, I'm going to show you something. So we were flying and there was a, a, a crossroad downstairs and he said, I'm going to teach you how to cross a crossing. And I, I thought, huh, that's, that's, that's strange. <laughs> but but he, was, he was showing me, uh, uh, first of all, uh, you just have to decide that you go. You go, and then when there's traffic coming and you get scared, you stop. But you don't go back. You, you just don't go back. Stop. And when the traffic is gone, you go again. And it was the dream. And upon waking, I thought, gosh, it's true. I'm in a crossroad of my life. Shall I jump to private practice or not? And I thought this dream encouraged me to say, make a decision, go. You will be scared and that's okay. Just don't run back to safety of uh, the corporate uh, clinics. Uh, wait. And when you're not scared, you run further. So I thought it was a very helpful dream. But uh, so people can, uh, can also, uh, it's a great question, yell out. Is there anyone with a message for me or dream show me something that's important for me to see? But you can also ask for an experience. So another experience that I did and people could, uh, could do as well is uh, I, I uh, said, dream, I would like to experience unconditional love. 
And then I was zapped in an in a state of unconditional love that lasted for a minute, and then it was gone, and I woke up. But it was, it was really beautiful to experience that state and and feel uh, be in that state. And people could could ask anything they can ask. Is there a dream doctor? I have pain. Uh, can the dream doctor tell me something? And then they will or, or talk to dream characters and just say, who are you? What brings you here? And people, and, and then the environment starts responding with mind-blowing uh, mm-hmm. answers. Uh, this is yeah. great. My, my special guest on Guys Guys Radio, Michael Clerk. We're talking about dream guidance, connecting to the soul through dream incubation. We're going to get there. I want to set up a little bit more context for our audience, Michael. So you're influenced very much by Carl Jung. Jung worked with archetypes. How did he view archetypes in terms of their role in dreams and in life in general for us, in terms of pointing us towards certain directions and understanding? So he he looked at archetypes in in two ways. One is kind of a pattern, and, uh, and it would be, you could look at a fairy tale or a mythology, and he he thought that People would, uh, were living mythological patterns that would play themselves out in their day-to-day life. So you could look at a Greek myth of where maybe the a theme of trust and betrayal or the hero would, play, uh, would be uh, a part of it. And then you would see that your own life actually uh, is an, uh, is also, has also the hero myth in it or elements of trust and betrayal or sense of homecoming. And that, that uh, those were structures in us. So that was, was one, one way of, uh, that he looked at it uh, as, as psychological structures, patterns. The other is um, more in figures, like the old wise man. And he would say the old wise man is an archetype. And you can see it come back in, uh, in fairy tales and myths, but also in movies, uh, Yoda in Star Wars would be an old wise man that has the role of a mentor, has a superior insight, helps the hero. And that's a character that comes back all across the world in in any tradition. And that is what Jung really called an archetype, something that probably stands beyond the individual expression in each culture. You have an old wise man or an old wise woman or... And that is uh, um, um, how he thinks that those, uh, what that is. And in dreams, you would also be, uh, could encounter an old wise man or uh, you live out a hero myth or some mythological tale. And then you know where you are in the territory. Let's get into some of the specifics. So, so when, at what age are people cognizant of their dreams? I have a son. He just turned nine a couple of months ago. And all of a sudden, now he recalls his dreams. I used to ask him, huh. do you dream? you ever, yeah. anything happened during the night? Uh, right through his, uh, the age of eight. And he was like, no. And then all of a sudden, I had this dream. I had this dream. I had this dream. And he's not making it up. He's having dreams now yeah. that he's aware of. When does that click in for people? And why does it click in when it clicks in? Usually, people start having more dreams when they go through a transition. So anytime that the person goes through a transition, the psyche becomes more active and we start having more dreams. So that can be almost at any age. Usually people have, uh, have, a, uh, have a dream that they remember from early on. 
maybe four, five, six, where they were chased by the witch in a house or some big dream that also often had the kernel of some of their life themes. And, and then um, it, it is really individual oriented. Like it's great to have someone in your house who asks you about your dreams because then, oh, then you even have the sense of, oh, my dreams mean something or they might indicate something. So they're more inclined to sooner or later start remembering them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and artists, artistic people dream a little bit more than, or remember their dreams a little bit more than uh, not artists. Let's talk a little bit about, and uh, we'll get back to the Jungian uh, aspects of your work and how you work, but some of the specifics that people normally ask when they're talking about dreams. Okay, deceased person. I've dreamt many times of my dad who passed a few years ago, and he shows up and he communicates with me telepathically, and he's in a form of looking his very most distinguished and best, like a 50 years old. He's got his sweater on and it's like yeah that's me i'm here he says to me and i'm like okay i don't recall the rest of it but he showed up in some of my dreams and now he's showing up in my son's dreams what are we what are people to make of when a deceased relative shows up and what should you do to make the most of this interaction if you will of course always the question is a bit is my mind creating this person or is this person a real visitation and uh usually uh i of course everyone has to decide that at the end of the day for themselves but often i i think that sometimes there, there are real visitations and they seem to be uh people f- have a sense that there is more uh numinosity uh, or sacredness to it or they they wake up and they think huh i think this was that and then um like what you actually mentioned in your uh, dream, some of the features they 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 often display is they come in a form that's usually uh, a little younger than themselves, in which they felt really good. And uh, sometimes they uh, continue to come in the same outfit. Like I have an aunt who very infrequent visits, but always in this particular purple dress that I think that she probably likes. But it also gives me the signal, oh, this, is, this feels like and. So when people have those dreams, go by your own feeling. And there's a certain quality to the, an- the ancestor visiting that it is distinct from any, any other dream that you have. And now that you know that you have these dreams and your son has these dreams, you, ca- you could uh, uh, also in this life start uh, making the relationship a little bit stronger during the, dream, the, during the dream state or during my physical state yeah during the physical state because the dream is a world that is is there at night but when you open your eyes that world doesn't really disappear it just continues to coexist mm-hmm. so your your dad continues to coexist in this world that is also here so he he is around and so you could say hey dad i know you were in the dream or i think you were in the dream you tell me even you're in the dream i'm gonna work from the premise that you are and first of all gosh so awesome you're there and uh uh next time tell is is there anything you want to tell me dad that 
maybe I should know. Or so you start you start talking to him. That maybe gives him also when he comes in the dream that he says, "Well, Robert, uh, I want to share something with you, or let me tell you something." Uh, they all it often looks like they need some informed consent to interfere with us living here on earth and uh, so if you say gosh i would like help with this or tell me something or is there anything i can do for you then it had set up that dream encounter and by doing that also when you are in the dream and seeing him you're more uh, uh used to the notion oh this might be that and so the next time you see him you might respond also dad I'm so happy to see you. It's so nice to have this moment, you know, because your your mind is then preconditioned to, oh, I can encounter that instead of, oh, is the gosh, uh, is this or yeah, just the uniqueness of it. Okay, so that's that's a way to go. My special guest again, Michael Clerk, Dream Guides, connecting to the soul through dr dream incubation. Now, you have a process for us to make the most of our dreams. It's like, I think it's a four-step or five-step process. Could you take us through that briefly so people will start to be able to use this, our, our audience? Yes. So uh, dreams have, the, have the, uh, the ability to help us through life. Many inventions and breakthroughs and creativity have come through, through dreams. Yet we don't have to wait for the dream to come to us and deliver some insight or creativity. We can turn towards the dream. And uh, we can do that through dream incubation or that five-step process in which you ask the dream a question before you go to bed in order to have a helpful response. And uh, um, I, I have a little example. If you want me to share, I yeah, can do I that. Think you mentioned you should write it down also, right? It's super important. Okay. Step one is step. Oh. Step one is uh, uh, know that you have a, a a question to ask, and it sounds really uh, uh, simple, but uh, actually we have a lot of questions that are alive. And so identify in yourself that you which question you want to ask. And recently there was this man who uh, had been uh, married, uh, divorced for a while, wanted to go back in the dating life. Noticed that dating was somewhat. Uh, it didn't really flow and he came to me he said Michiel I, I, I want to uh, uh, ask the dream how can I find a partner I said well that's a great question so he identified step one that there which issue to ask for and we have a lot of questions inside some that we push away and actually those are the most helpful to ask support for step two is identify and phrase the right question so the man said well thinking about uh, about uh, this what I really want to know is, what is my biggest obstacle in dating? Because if I solve that, I will find that partner. But I know there's something blocking me. And so he wrote down the question, dream, what is my biggest obstacle in my dating life? And it's a really great question because it's one question at a time. What's my biggest obstacle, not are what my obstacles. Uh, it's an open-ended question. So it gives the opportunity for the dream to respond. Step three, do a ritual. And with the ritual, is really an intention setting. Communicate to the larger awareness, or if you're spiritual, you can say the mystery or God or spirit guide or brain, whatever soul, whatever you want to call it. Uh, show it that you're interested. 
and and that just treated as a relationship. So this man drew a heart, put a big question mark on it, and then wrote on it to the dream, please help me. I want to become more loving. I want to be able to practice love and give love. And so it becomes a generous question. Spend some time on it. Went to bed, uh, meditated in bed, and then step four is sleep and uh, hopefully dream. And then step five is when you wake up, write down the question, uh, write down the dream, because dreams have a tendency to evaporate in the morning. So you have to write it down and then work on it. And uh, this man had a dream in which uh, he was driving through a tunnel in his car, and in front of him was a car. And in the, in the distance, he, uh, he sees a mountain lion. And he says, uh, when I get closer, I can see it's a tiger. It's beautiful, but I get really scared. Slam on the brakes and I back out. And that was uh, the dream. And so write it down. And then instead of asking the question, what does this mean? Which requires you to know what is a tiger and a car and a tunnel. You can ask the question, what is happening? Because in what is happening, you look at the structure. So he said, what is happening is I'm driving, I'm moving through life. And when I uh, see something that's really beautiful, but I uh, think it's really scary, I slam on the brakes and I back out. And then I thought, oh, if I read it against the question, what's my biggest obstacle? Oh. It's himself, I, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> And and then he, he knows, oh, I'm backing out uh, when I get too close or I think it's scary or get too vulnerable or a beautiful person. I don't dare really to really go after what I really love. And so he could work on that. So that's in a nutshell, the five steps. Identify that you have an issue, write a good question, do a ritual, dream and sleep and write it down and then work on the dream. Absolutely amazing. How about some of the symbols that uh, we often have in dreams, whether it's, well, let me give you one. I had recently uh, snow. I was in the snow. It was, a, it was snowing like crazy. And this is still summertime, um, but it was snowing. And I was wondering, is snow a good thing? And I looked it up. I have a dream book and it said, yeah, it's a really good thing. Uh, but I, all these books can have different meanings. Are there certain yeah. symbols that have pretty consistent meanings and let's just take one like snow or or i know i know there's a relativity also because some people say well water was it the clean water was it dirty water was it rain water was it a flood so there has to be some context so talk to us about that michael yeah well um indeed it's uh, there's an element of uh, of uh, subjectivity to it and and not subjectivity to take, take a little step back is the, the, the mind creates uh, uh, figures that are manifestations of our feelings and beliefs and expectations. Let's say this was a dream that we're now in, and I think I'm rambling on. Then in the dream, probably a character would show up like my previous boss, who would stand there and shake his head and would say, oh. And so then you would ask me, what do I associate to my previous boss? And I would say, oh, he's very critical. So criticalness takes on the form and shape of my previous boss. But it's because my subjective experience is that he was critical. Uh, for someone else, it might be their mom or their neighbor or whoever. So criticalness will take on the form and shape of someone in your life that represents that character. And that is where dream 
uh, work also very often works with what do you associate to this uh, figure? Oh, and the same with your with your snow. What do you associate with snow? Maybe you like snow. Maybe you don't like snow. That makes a big difference um, in in how to approach it. So it's a relative. It, it, there's a relative component to it, and then some other component that you could ask uh, in it is also uh, well. There, and there's a collective component with these archetypes that Jung talks about, like uh, the sense of coming home, the old man, uh, um, a, a horse. A horse would often be somewhat like an instinctual uh, power. But then it is maybe you are afraid for horses. That's different than someone who loves horses or was kicked by a horse. So it's, it's a dance between the subjective and some collective. Because snow is definitely a collective uh, experience. But then you would also look at the context of your dream. Where are you in the dream? Is it supposed to snow? What is your reaction to the snow? Um, Th those things would would be important to know. How about sex in a dream? Does that also depend on the individual, or is this some type of ubiquitous symbolic occurrence that happens in people's dreams? Because I got to think that people dream of sex. Yeah, definitely. It's one of the twelve uh, common dream themes, hmm. and uh, sex has uh, two uh, components usually to it. One is uh, uh, literal. Uh, there's the desire for a certain person. And you would have, uh, uh, you'd literally dream about that person, you have sex with them. The other uh, question becomes uh, its uh, symbolic nature. And sexuality symbolically is an integration with, you're merging with. So people sometimes tell me, gosh, uh, I had uh, sex with, uh, uh, with this guy, but uh, I'm not gay. What does this mean? Or they have even more disturbing. I had sex with a family member. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't have those feelings, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then, and and then it is like, don't worry. Uh, we all sometimes have these weird sexual experiences. Right. And and ask yourself, what characteristics does this person have? Because my psyche is probably trying to merge with. So maybe I'm having sex with. Uh, someone that uh, I'm not really interested in at all or would be uh, uh, like I'm not gay, but maybe I dream about uh, having sex with this uh, this guy. And you would say, gosh, what do you associate with him? And it's like, oh, he's so, he's so uh, firm and he can speak up. Oh, my psyche tries to merge with speaking up and firmness and just takes this person. And, and, uh, and the dream uh, seems not to have... Uh, um yeah any problem with choosing those figures you mentioned spirit guides and a lot of folks including myself i've been working to uh i got a name and i've got a name from some other uh guides that i've been given in my kind of mind's eye how can we kind of hook up with our spirit guides in a dream what do we have to do to say i want to i want to see you I want to get to know you. I want a stronger relationship with you. Will you help me? Yeah, beautiful. The, these things, if you also look at indigenous cultures where they have always built the relationships with these spirit guides, seem to really hinge on building uh, uh, rituals. 
And so the ritual could be as simple as with attention, I light a candle, I talk to the spirit guide, maybe I, I do a dance or I make a drawing, but really treat it uh, as a real relationship. So you spend some time and instead of only asking uh, what it can do for you, ask it, uh, is there anything uh, that you want me to do for you? And, and sometimes you can start, can say, oh, I would love to see you, spirit guide. And spirit guides also often take on the form and shape of people we know. Maybe it, it comes in the form of your, uh, like in, in my case with Johan Cruyff, the soccer player. Uh, it takes on the, the form of a hero, a movie star, uh, uh, someone that you admire. Or it comes in its, in its uh, original form. But uh, what do you want out of that relationship? Maybe you want to ask the spirit guide. You can say, spirit guide tonight, I would love to see you if you want to. If it doesn't come, change the question a little bit and say, spirit guide, what do you feel is the, is the one thing I should focus upon right now? Because then you know what spirit guide thinks is important. And then you, you focus on that and you, and you work that. So that your spirit guide also knows, hey, I tell you something and you take me serious. This strengthens the relationship. And then uh, uh, once you do that, you will start noticing that your intuition becomes better in day-to-day -day life. You have more these synchronistic events, this, uh, these coincidences that uh, are, uh, uh, are little miracles. So th those things help. Michael Clark, my very special guest, Dream Guidance is the book. We're here on Guys Guys Radio talking about connecting to the soul through dream incubation. I've got to think that in the preparation for dream, you mentioned meditation. So if you are uh, a couple of things here, one is, I guess, drugs and alcohol, probably not a good idea to take the nights you want to really work with your dreams because they're going to dull your senses. Uh, you can feel free to comment on that. But also on meditation, I have been told by my spiritual enfoldment teacher, like, don't meditate in bed. I do something called box breathing where I lay in bed and mm -hmm. I'll count it. I inhale to 10. I hold it to 10. I exhale for 10. I wait for 10. I do it again 10 times. Invariably, I'm asleep before I do it 10 times. And that's my way to guide and get into the dream state. But my teacher told me, be careful about meditating in bed because if you open yourself up and then you fall asleep, like, you know, you're opened up when you're going into the dream state, and maybe that's not the greatest thing. What are your thoughts on that, Michael, from your experience? Well, uh, I can see where he uh, warns you uh, to meditate in bed because then you fall asleep. So that's, that's a nice way. And uh, your uh, state of mind before you fall asleep does influence your dreams. Uh, there are Buddhist traditions where they meditate actually on compassion, so that compassionate state is, uh, is more uh, in their dream state. Now, I do think that if we're uh, generally uh, have, an, uh, have an good intention, like, hey, I'm going to the dream state to, uh, to grow, to learn, to become more loving, uh, to, to work on myself, uh, the dream state responds to that, and you, uh, you're, you're, you're in a safe place. Generally, the dream wants to help. Um, and uh, and being open to that is actually i think actually is a helpful thing but if you would uh yeah if you would uh, be uh 
yeah, in a not a good space or have not the right intention, it might not be might not be optimal. Yeah. Okay. How about for yourself? How is your studying of dreams and your participation in the process? Because you're, you know, you're guiding other folks. I'm sure you've done a lot of work on yourself. What what have you learned and what has been the biggest surprise in terms of your experience in studying and experiencing lucid dreaming on your own and dream incubation? Well, in, in lucid dreaming, as uh, uh, how uh, uh, how joyful that world actually is. So it is super fun to be in the dream and think, oh my gosh, this is a dream. And then you notice how real everything is and, and the mind-blowing reality of being in a dream. It's also so real that most of the time we're walking around there, not even questioning whether it's the dream world. Uh, that is how 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 unbelievable powerful the imagination or this other world is and uh, but i i think that i've learned is that uh, uh there's some awareness larger awareness in the dream that is interested in helping and educating us and it is really we'll do that if we ask oh, spontaneously a little bit but once we turn towards it and build a relationship with it it uh, it really delights and it's a lot of joy in in helping and it looks like that that phenomenon is really kind compassionate and interested in in supporting us to deal with life with its ups and downs no 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 question that life can have uh, big ups and downs but there's some source that wants to help and 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 it requires from us because it it allows so much free will that we can do whatever we want but if our free will says, hey, we, I could really use some help with this issue. Gosh, I'm stuck here. Or is there anything I can do for you? We start having this relationship with spirit guide and the larger awareness that uh, gives a sense of, uh, of purpose and meaning and support uh, from a kind source that makes uh, life uh, richer and more colorful. And that's been... Uh, in my life, a big discovery versus being in the pit in my early twenties and ugh, was, about, was pretty how, depressing. Michael, how about nightmares? What are nightmares, and uh, why do people get them? And do we need are they teaching us something, or or what? Yeah, nightmares are, are anxiety dreams, and usually it is too much or too little anxiety. That that is one. So we could, when we have one, we could check with ourselves in day to day life. Do I have too much or too little anxiety on this moment? It's, it's usually too much for, I feel like I'm uh, being tested and now I dream again about being back in school, doing a test, can find the classroom, running around, <gasps> being out of breath. And so, oh, okay, I'm too anxious. How can I slow down, get back to myself? And the dream tells you that. Or uh, we're being chased by a monster. And very often, uh, you could, for example, in, in a lucid dream or in a dream incubation, ask the monster, what do you want? And very often it says surprising things like, I want to tell you something, or I'm a disregarded aspect of you. You've been pushing me away. I'm the part of you that can write or sing, or I can stand up, but we're afraid for parts of ourselves and we push it away and then they become dark. And they're not uh, really dark. It's like Beauty and the Beast. The Beast is also the one with the golden voice. And once we bring the Beast in, we also bring in 
the, the positive side. So if we turn towards the nightmare, even if they're scary, write it down, work with the image, bring in and ask your spirit guide to be there. So feel safe, bring in the image, then the nightmare will usually go away and the, and the message or the energy that is in it will, will come to us. And so they have a function. Um, it's a bit of an alarm bell, but listen to the alarm bell because if we don't, the alarm bell only gets louder and you get more anxious, more depressed. Um, turn is, towards them. Is, is every dream important or do we have some quote unquote kind of like garbage dreams that we can just kind of dismiss that just some, you know, neurons firing in our brain while we're asleep and that really doesn't have a specific message versus those dreams where you wake up and say, oh, that was something. Yes. So that is something or that was something. Those dreams, the Native uh, Americans would call the big dreams. And they're way fewer and, and more rare. And then you have the small dreams. And almost all small dreams have some significance. Like there's, it, it is our own psyche trying to grow or flow towards the next phase. So dreams really point also to who we are not yet. And it tries to become like uh, the, the, the rose seed becomes a rose and you can see where the rose is heading towards. And by aligning with it, you're getting in the flow. So I, th I think that all dreams indicate and do something, but some are really small and, and not that meaningful. And some are, can be life-changing. Now for yourself, Michael, and for those who you teach and for our audience out here, do you do the process of going through your uh, ritual, if you will, every evening about asking a question, writing it down, getting up, right? Do you do that every day? Do you recommend that people do that all the time? Or how often is the right amount? Or is it up to the individual? Yeah, I, I don't do it every day. Uh, but in the beginning, when I ex started really exploring the technique, I did it a lot. But then I also experimented with what can I ask? What does the dream know? Which questions work? So questions, what I've learned that work is that have to do with your personal life path. So if I ask my dream, what did my neighbor have for dinner? It doesn't tell me. If I ask a question is, what is one type of food that is good for me? Or how can I be a more loving person? Or how can I grow my business in a way that I can serve people that would benefit from my services? The dream will help with that. And uh, these days, I, I, don't, I don't think I ask once, even once a week. But if I would be in, in a certain obstacle, I, I probably will ask a little bit more. But the main thing I want to encourage people to do is uh, experiment and test. Y you cannot make many mistakes. And if you make a mistake, learn from it. The mistakes are usually more in you don't ask the right question. You don't spend enough time on the ritual. Uh, you give up too quickly on, on writing down and, and working with the dream because you think, oh, it doesn't mean anything. Give it a little bit of time or share the answer with someone to, to, to work on it because there is something in us that likes, that is delights to help. And we might not always understand it, but you can build a relationship. And if you strengthen that, things will, uh, you will get just better information over time. So the name of the book is Dream Guidance. Once again, connecting to the soul through dream incubation. My special guest on Guys Guys Radio, 
Michael Clerk, founder of the Young Platform. Last question, what exactly is the Young Platform? And then why don't you take it from there and just tell everybody where they can find out more about you, the platform, your book, and your work. Thank you. Yes, the Young Platform is an uh, online company where we provide uh, courses and lectures on dreams, Jungian psychology for beginners and intermediate, and other spiritual perspectives. And that uh, company was actually founded because I had a dream that told me build a platform for Jungian psychology and like Jungian psychology. So a clear example of how a dream can have a vocational quality. Uh, people can also go to my website, machielclerk.com. Difficult, maybe you can put it in the, in the, in the notes. Uh, there you can see my work as a therapist and my work with dreams and the Jung platform. And uh, of course, uh, you can see a little bit about the book, which you can get on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and wherever. And, and Michael, spell you spell your name M A C H I E L, Clark K L E R K. So look it up, and we'll have all that information in our broadcast. So and in our promotions, of course. So Michael Clark, great job with the dreaming. What's next for you? Anything coming up? Uh, I am uh, continue to uh, to build the young platform these days. So we're bringing more programs, more courses, certificate uh, programs, growing company. Awesome. That's uh, that's that's the most. Yes. Okay. So thank you so much for being my guest on Guys Guys Radio and. Keep dreaming, everybody. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, Guy's Guy's Radio had a terrific interview with a fascinating guest by the name of Michael Clark. He's a licensed medical health therapist, international speaker, and a dream worker. And the book we talked about is Dream Guidance. Connecting to the Soul Through Dream Incubation. And I think what we learned was the five steps that Michael has put together in terms of how to kind of work with your dreams. One, thinking about what you want to ask the dream and keeping it kind of an open-ended question, not yes or no. Formulating that question. Uh, preparing for the dream night. Michael suggests a short meditation. I think, as we discussed, we need to be careful not to go too deep in our meditation where we fall asleep and end up just opening ourselves up to all kinds of stuff during the, during the sleep state. And then also recording the dream, meaning write it down, write it down, write it down, and then analyzing and working with the dream. And the more you do it, the more adept you will be at being able to interpret the symbolism and putting it into context and say, okay, what was the real message here? Things like uh, water or sunshine or rain or fire can all show up in your dreams, and they could have completely different meanings based on the relative state they were in. Was the water calm? Was it crystal clear? Were they big waves? Was it a flood? Was the water dirty? Etc. So you just have to be careful of that. And I think the other thing is the importance of writing it down. Every, every metaphysical teacher I've ever uh, interviewed and worked with has stressed the importance of writing things down when you want to make things happen. So. There's one thing to think in your head, like, I want this to happen, and imagining that it's already happened and getting that feeling. That's great. But actually verbalizing it, and I'm not saying you have to yell it, but verbalizing it helps, and also writing it down adds yet another layer to the process. And if you want to test yourself, try to write down or ask somebody to write down, you know, my name is Lou, if their name isn't Lou. And you'll see they'll have difficulty, and you'll have difficulty writing it down if your name isn't Lou. 
Yet if your name is Harry, for instance, and you write down, my name is Harry, it flows very easily. Why? Because you believe that, because it's true. So get into the habit of writing things down and you can kind of make the things that may have been difficult to articulate in writing because you didn't really believe in them. The more you do it, the more you write it down, the easier it'll get and the easier it should get to be able to make things happen the way you want them to happen. But once again, it's all about letting go and surrendering. And then like a good story, you get the ending you want, but maybe not in the way you expect it. So be open. You might want something very specific and maybe you don't get that. Yet there could be something way, way, way better that the universe has in store for you. So just keep an open mind on that. Okay, guys, guys, radio, we're here every Wednesday evening on KCAA here in Southern California at 8 p.m. Pacific time. 102.3, 106.5, 10.50 a.m. The podcast and my YouTube and Rumble post worldwide every Thursday. Guys, Guys Radio on KCAA rebroadcasts every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So you have no excuse not to be able to find Guys, Guys Radio or as we call it, Guys, Guys TV, which is my YouTube and Rumble channels. So all you need to do if you want to find my YouTube or Rumble and just watch the interviews, which a lot of people like to do, is just put my name in when you get to YouTube or Rumble, uh, Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I, and it should take you to a page called Guys Guys TV. I've got a whole bunch of radio shows and I've got a whole bunch of video interviews that we've been doing for the past year or so. I think you'll really enjoy it. So if you just want to watch the interviews, go to YouTube or Rumble if you want to hear the entire show. The podcast has been downloaded in 101 countries, so it's available on just about every platform. And you can listen live to KCAA, you can download it, and you can stream it. So we're there, and we're here for you. And if you want to support the show and you really enjoy the guests I bring you each and every week, along with the content and some of the insights, I ask you to do one thing, and it won't cost you a penny. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel and my Apple podcast. I really appreciate that. And it keeps us going and it means a lot. And so many folks have done so already. And I hope more and more of you, as you kind of get on board the Guys Guys train, will continue to do so. So thank you very much for that. I also have a website called, believe it or not, robertmanni.com. Now on the website, I started blogging after my book came out. I'll get to that in a moment, but I have over 300 blog posts about everything about life, love, the pursuit, pursuit of happiness. Most of the topics we, co- we cover here on the show with our experts and thought leaders that come on, whether it be wellness, diet, fitness, meditation, spirituality, business, work, love, sex, power, money, the whole nine yards we cover in a series of over 300 blog posts, and they're all for free, and they're pretty chunky. They're over a thousand words each, and I think you'll enjoy them. While you're at it, there's lots of videos on the website, and you can also download three free chapters of my novel called The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. And it's been called The Male Successor to Sex in the City. It's kind of a sexy rom-com, a fast, frothy story about two guys in advertising in New York, competing for love, sex, power, and money. We've got a lot of savvy female characters, and we've got a lot of flawed male characters, but it all comes together. It takes place in the summer, about 
eight or nine years ago, and it's a lot of fun. It's fast-paced, and you know, some of the technology has changed since I wrote the book, but the themes are timeless, and women seem to enjoy the book because it gives them a little sneak peek behind the curtain into that weird, odd world of modern men and their dating habits. <laughs> and the guys like it because, hey, this is a book that's very rare for men because it's not a biography, it's not an adventure book, it's not a mystery thriller, it's not about sports, even though there's some sports in it. It's a rom-com and it's fun and it's one of the few that's out there. So if you really like shows like Entourage, I think you might like this, although um, there's a more blue sky aspect to the guy's guy's guy to love. There's no hint of misogyny there. I'm not saying that's in anything else out there, but a lot of times when you have stories about men, uh, you run the risk of coming across as being uh, a little bit too macho, and the guy's guy is not macho, and the story isn't macho, and I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. Anyhow, check it out. You can get the three free chapters and make your decision from there. So we're here every week for you. We're into the fall now. It's going to ramp up. We get to the holiday season. There's no, there's no letting up. The foot, the foot is on the pedal. You've got baseball, you've got basketball, you've got football, you've got hockey ramping up, you've got all kinds of stuff with uh, content, with movies and new TV and this and that. So you've got all kinds of distractions, if you will, and then you've got Guys Guys Radio. So I hope you'll listen in each and every week or watch us on YouTube and check out all the information we have there because it's all for you. What I do is I find guests that have to add value. If they want to come on here and talk about their book, they have to be able to add something else. They have to be able to teach us something, me and you, my audience. So I thank my 650 plus guests that I've interviewed for Guys Guys Radio. They're all thought leaders and terrific people. And also my very wonderful producer, Chris. I thank her. She's always got my back. And also, most of all, I thank you, my audience, my growing audience worldwide. We're doing some fun stuff. I've got a lot more for you. And I always keep you in mind when I pick my guests, when I ask my questions, when I do my interviews and do my shows. So thanks so much for hanging with me here and letting me into your space, if you will. So Guys Guys Radio, I'm going to see you again next week. And until then, like I always like to say, Guys Guys, finish first. <laughs>